Ever wondered what the creative process is behind the films, TV shows and theatre productions you watch? Well, Crew Chats is a new podcast going behind the scenes and chatting to the crew that help make these productions. I'm Poonam and I usually work in the costume department. Whenever I tell people what I do, they're always fascinated. So I thought, wouldn't it be cool to hear more from the wonderful people who work behind the scenes to make the films and shows we all love? Today's guest is Sinead Cadal, a rather trained costume designer who has designed various TV shows and films such as the upcoming BBC series Small Acts and episodes of TV shows Black Mirror and Urban Myths, as well as designing various short films. Sinead has also worked with Oscar-winning designer Jacqueline Durand since 2010 on many films including Pan, Macbeth, Anna Karenina and most recently Little Women, which won the Oscar for Best Costume Design. Alongside her design work, Sinead is passionate about sustainability and has in response to this created the costume directory a source for those in the costume world looking for companies and products that are amongst other attributes sustainable and environmentally conscious hi Sinead thank you for coming on to the podcast um so Sinead you usually work in film and you usually do assistant designing and you're also a costume designer and your side sort of hustle I'm going to use the word hustle because that's what you find is um implementing a more sustainable um, approach to costume design in the costume department in the film world. Yes. So firstly, in terms of your designing roles, um, what does your job actually involve? Um, so as a designer, I suppose it's working with um, working with the director and the actors to come up with a concept first and foremost, and then um, to actually make, make their costumes happen. So it's overseeing the costume department and yeah, just coming up with the design for characters and research and everything like that. And then um, what inspires you? So you would be given a script and you'll be given, um, I guess, character breakdowns and such. So what inspires you when you get given those things? How do you start your research? Um, so I guess it, it, it really depends. Often um, the most exciting thing is if a director, if a director is particularly inspiring, because it'll be their overall vision for what they, they want to do with the script. And then that kind of sets the tone for what the costumes will be and what, what what kind of direction you're going to follow so that would be um, the first conversation with the director really but then yeah if it's a really good script and um, really interesting characters and also the period it's really nice to do things that are period um so you'll be looking at kind of the particular date and how you're going to respond to that date are you going to do something that's historically accurate or are you going to kind of stylize something um yeah I think that'd be it how do you sorry just to regards what you just said about whether you stick to the period or stylize, how do you make where how do you make the judgment call on that? That would be very much um to do with the director's overall vision. So if something is uh if they want to create something that's really historical and real and so that when people are watching it they respond to it like it's you know, an exact replication of mm. what happened at the time, or if it's something that's more high concept or it really depends. Like if if a script lends itself to being you know if it, it might be a satire or it might be something that's um a comedy even that's set in his, historical comedy or something along those lines that lends yeah. itself to being particularly stylized or if the production design you know if that's kind of quite high concept then you kind of marry what you're doing with with that and so that would be something that's a bit more stylized so you've sort of touched upon different departments and um, mm. that you collaborate with how um I'm not I'm going to say easy or difficult how does that collaboration work and um are there ways in which it can be more successful 
um, if everyone obviously works together, but it's a running theme in the film world that everything is very collaborative. So how do you find that working with, say, um, production or the directors or the actors, um, even within our own team, for example? I think with anything, I mean, you know, you do have certain people who, who are particularly rigid in their in their design and their ideas. But for me, anyway, I mean, the most interesting things are when you're working with people who are collaborative and who bring their own ideas to something and are not so rigid in their ideas that they kind of won't work together. So I suppose with a production designer in particular, you know, your costume is always going to look better if it's complementing its surroundings and the same with you know if a cinematographer lights your costumes really well then they're going to look incredible Um, and likewise within a team you know if you've got a pattern cutter or um, a costume prop maker you know people who who can do who have really specific skill sets and you know that they can do something in particular and you use them really well because you know what their strengths are then you'll get a really great costume whereas if you try and I don't know, square peg people into something that they're not quite good at. Um, then, yeah, I suppose that the design just gets better and better if you if you use people's talents well. It works to your advantage, doesn't it? Yeah. On the whole. Um, so you design your own um, short shorts and you've done some TV series as well, episodes and TV series, and you also assist. How does um, being a costume designer for your own, own production differ to then assisting a designer? Um, I mean, it's very different and it's quite daunting. I think the things that I've been designing myself. So um, I assistant designed for uh, Jacqueline Durand for about 10 years. And then I also assisted a few other designers in that time. Um, And so you get kind of when you're assistant designing, your main aim is to, I suppose, facilitate and realise what that designer wants. And so you're kind of responsible for finding specific fabrics, finding um yeah finding jewelry you know looking around trying to source things that really uh make that design happen and also you're working very closely with all the the prop makers jewelry makers all those those people um and then when you're when you're the designer um yeah I guess you you it's really a brilliant thing as an assistant designer because you get to experience all that and you're in the room you're in all the fittings you're seeing how it happens and then you go to being the designer and suddenly it's your responsibility and you're the liaising with um you know the director directly in all the different departments so you kind of I guess but also then the final say there's a little bit less pressure in some ways because when you're the assistant designer you're very much trying to second guess what the designer's opinion is yeah I can imagine that quite hard so sometimes it would now being the designer it's like oh I like that great I can just make that choice (laughs) (laughs) it's down to me (laughs) and uh, and I just have to live with that and that's fine um so in some ways it's less pressure because you kind of you you like as an assistant designer the worst thing is like feeling like you might disappoint you know (laughs) yeah no I can imagine I think I'd be I think it would all be the same though because you are sort of mind reading in a way a little bit you are and and it's really great when like I'm lucky that I've had great relationships with the designers I've worked with but at the same point um yeah as a designer it's kind of like oh I'm only going to disappoint myself here so that's fine <laughs> but you have to learn I'm I'm having to learn now to to you know have a new team and have an assistant myself and also you realize how important communication is and how important it is to actually communicate your own design so that people know what they're trying to do and what you want and I think that's the biggest thing is if you're a good communicator and you're able to say 
not just from a drawing or a mood board or anything if you're really able to explain what it is you're looking for and yeah. and that that's quite difficult because sometimes you can see it so clearly in your head but having to try and explain to someone who's making that for you um what it is you're looking for that's that's quite tricky that is a that is a difficult task I can yeah. imagine but I so if you when you're bit I guess when you then also as you were assisting you would have learnt picked up all these kind of skills and things that would then help you when you're then heading up a team um mm. to then sort of communicate with people and you kind of know you become more and more articulate I guess the more and more experience you have how to kind of um realize your vision as it were yeah. um do you have you ever found or um any kind of uh, a difficulty in sort of pinpointing almost what it is you specifically want and then realizing it is that has have you ever had a challenge where it's been something very uh, where maybe a director has given you a specific kind of um kind of remit to work within and it's been quite a challenge or been not in a bad way necessarily but also just in a really good way that it's been put you outside of your comfort zone outside your box yeah I mean I, I think that kind of happens all the time because everyone has you know you can, you can have ideas until the cows come on but then when you have to actually make them happen for a budget and in a time frame and and everything and and so it's really I suppose our industry is really built on problem solving and it's kind of like oh you might want a specific kind of fabric but you can't find it so you have to kind of go with something else and then make that happen and then the best thing is sometimes you go to work with someone and you expect something to be a particular thing and then you find something else and it just becomes even better and that's brilliant and then other times you might be expecting something and what comes back is completely different than what you, you were looking for <laughs> and you have to work with that and that's I think yeah a big part of the job it is very much so um talking of fabrics and sourcing so you started the costume directory um I think two years ago is that correct uh, it's probably actually do you know what it's probably 2016 actually so it's almost four years ago now oh wow mm. um if you could just tell us a little bit about that um, yeah, so the costume directory um, was my response to, um, I don't know if you know about the Rana Plaza disaster, which happened yes, in, in Bangladesh, Bangladesh yeah. uh, in 2013. So after that happened, um, which was yeah, a disaster in a, a garment factory that killed over a thousand people, um, it really made me start thinking about where I personally shop and the clothes I personally buy. And so I, I start stopped kind of shopping from high street brands and started looking into more ethical and sustainable sources and then I realized I was going to work where you know it was all very well me kind of dressing in a certain way in my personal life but then I was going to work and I was responsible for sourcing you know thousands of meters of fabric and making thousands of costumes and any given job and I realized that my impact it was so insignificant what I was doing in my personal life if I was going to work and then I was so ingrained and involved in kind of the fashion and textile industry which is um, quite a problematic industry in itself yeah. um, and so I started to look into yeah just the amount of people behind textiles and sourcing kind of more responsible textiles um, and clothing and I built up this um like address book really and, and of just contacts and and I realized the thing that you know no costume designer goes into their job being like do you know what I'm gonna try and you know buy as many dirty fabrics <laughs> as I can um but most people just it's not on the top of the yeah 
No, it's not a priority. I mean, for designers, the main aim is to try and, you know, get your design on the screen in, there's never enough time, there's Quickly, never enough time. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so really thinking about sustainability is just um, re- at a low level priority. And so I thought with the costume directory, what I could do is I could just share my contacts and just try and take the hassle out of it for people and give information to people and you know I'm not an expert on sustainability I haven't studied it I just it was basically me sharing information that I had found and research that I had done and putting it out into the ether and just saying if people wanted access to it and they wanted to find these companies and it was sort of sharing because often as costume designers we kind of keep our contacts close to our chests and we don't share and and it's you might find an amazing embroiderer an amazing this or amazing that and but you you keep that contact for yourself but what I realized was while we were working with a lot of artisans around the world and around and different um small producers and and different sustainable brands and it's really hard for those brands to do the right thing and to run a successful business at the same time and so if if I share that information like and more people start using those artisans and start shopping from those brands those brands will succeed but actually the reason why people use factories that are um you know in the developing world and everything is because it's cheaper and you can get things done quickly and and all of those that side of things and so for those brands to succeed they need more business and for them to get more business the idea was to share the contacts and so that's what I did with the costume directory and it's sort of just grown from there really it's a really amazing idea and actually a labour of love because it's not anything it's not a short address book it's a very exhaustive yeah. list of from no. anything and everything really it's um it's a pretty it's very impressive actually I have to say oh, thank um, you very much. no it is genuinely because I, I think it's like like you said it's not the top of everyone's list and I think individually I think we were saying before we started recording is that individually everyone sort of I feel like does do their bit um mm-hmm. be a bit greener but like we work in a world which is time restricted and things need to be done quickly so um yeah. and I mean if you wanted to start of the you know to look to look at our own industry I mean it's not the most ethical place to work in a sense that we work really long hours we're all yeah. put to the brain you know there's <laughs> there's a lot of underlying problems there that I mean no one is yeah everyone at home kind of they do the recycling and they try their best yeah actually at work it's it is a lot harder and I think also the short-term nature of our contracts means that it's not an office block where we've been all all been working for 10 years and we can't, we're slowly and gradually implementing new changes it's like you might be on a job where you're you know you find the most amazing organic cotton that you can use for all your crowd costumes and you can make all these Victorian bonnets using this that and the other and it's great and then you go on to something that's set in World War II and you've got a completely different set of requirements and all those contacts you had and you found and you built up are now kind of redundant really because you put in all that work and then you need a whole new set of um contacts for the next job so yeah it's not something that you can build up an infrastructure and it just be there for every single job yeah because yeah because of the changing nature of the industry Mm -hmm. we're working but also I think it's great because I think it's someone in your position it's almost coming from a top-down kind of way which I think is great because I think if someone it's basically great because it starts with you and you're sort of feeding that information. So it starts with initially you're thinking of that when you're designing or um, if you're assisting, then you're sort of um, giving those tips and tricks to the designer or, or kind of bringing those different fabrics or resources that you could then use. So how um, difficult, easy has it been 
to then implement this in when you've actually been designing or assisting um, at work, basically, using different types of sustainable fabrics or um, ethical sourcing? The, the great thing is, um, for me personally, in the way like I design and, and having worked with Jacqueline for so many years, um, I we don't kind of see it as a hindrance because we found so many brilliant um, suppliers and artisans that have really enhanced the design rather than taken away from it. And I think often when people think about sustainability, they sort of like get this like, oh, you know, um, sort of feeling of like, oh, no, is everyone just going to have to wear like it's like you just imagine these you know kind of these tree huggers and sort of linen skirts and that's it and um it, it's really not about that at all and you know there's quite a few jobs we've worked on where we found the most amazing embroiderers or block printers or people who are kind of sustaining traditional crafts around the world and who um work in cooperatives and hand weave and and the the talents that they have look so amazing on screen, in particular when you're trying to do something that's historically accurate or period. Um, you can you can just find the most amazing things. And I think if you've got a if you work with a smaller factory, like often we do get things made in factories. Um, and if you build up a relationship with that factory and you've got you're chatting directly to the people who are making your things rather than going by a middleman or something like that. Um, you're often likely to get something that's far better than what you would have gotten otherwise. Um, it's just having access to to those people. And then, you know, the other side of it is just about, so there's kind of the ethical side about the people. And, and I very much started off with the costume directory as thinking about the people um, behind the textiles and the people behind the clothes, because I feel like as someone who makes clothes for a living or who's involved in that world, the idea that that other people in other countries, just because of where they're living would be, you know, their lives would be compromised just by the nature of, of you know, their their dress I find yeah. really hard to deal with. But then, you know, it, it goes hand in hand with the environment, really, and, and the carbon impact. And that's also about wasting less and and reusing and kind of reducing and, and just, yeah, not not wasting. But also a lot of that then feeds into kind of buying second hands and buying vintage and and so building up, I've been building up a network of like different vintage dealers around the country and yeah. pushing to work with charity shops. Um, so I built up quite a good relationship with different charity shops who then, you know, you can go in and, and source a lot from them and then you, you re-give them back everything at the end. So oh, wow. okay. um, that that makes a big difference. But I think from a costume designer's point of view, I mean, shopping from charity shops is not a new idea. And I think most people would like, because you find the most characterful pieces and you find stuff that's already been broken down and, you know, so it looks better on screen. But yeah. the reality is it is harder work. It's harder to have to trawl through 10 charity shops than to just go to Primark and find something. So it's kind of trying to make it easier for costume designers to have those tools, which then do make for better costumes in the long run. Um, so that's kind of the the idea behind the costume directory really so for me it ha it hasn't been a hardship you know and I always say if it if it's going to compromise the design like then you just you know try and buy something secondhand first and if you can't find it and you have to go to the high street then you have to go to the high street and that's just yeah. the way it is um the same with a fabric if you're trying to find a specific kind of fabric and you can't find it from a sustainable source then you just have to buy it because as soon as you compromise your design then you lose in a way because people feel like you can't do it first and foremost I'll always say like I mean designer and the most important thing is whatever is ending up on screen but 
kind of trying to find it first from other sources or trying to actually think about where it's come from and for me personally has really enhanced design rather than taken away from it from it I think that's pretty cool I think it's nice to see that it's doable as well like yeah I think it's uh if you can see it's been done then it, you can okay well I can do it you see it's achievable so you, you then attempt it yourself other productions might attempt it other designers might attempt it yeah. have and you I've shared sorry no no go ahead um I think people um you know by sort of me sharing my kind of contacts people have come back with theirs and said oh you know we tried this and we did this and and it's just like it's great when people are enthusiastic about it rather than sort yeah. of like oh god isn't it awful you know <laughs> destroying the planet and you know <laughs> no I, I think it I think we are sort of is a bit of a sea change in the way we think about things but I think from my for example from the department I usually work in it's like things like um how we dispose of chemicals that we've been yeah. using so I know there's like um, a company that comes and collects and sort of um, makes it into energy somehow oh, yeah. right. so it makes it into energy which is pretty cool but you do see a lot of waste and my sort of heart like does a little bit, break a little bit especially when you're packing up at the end of a job and you're like oh so much stuff just gets chucked mm. off um, yeah. So it's great to see that there's at least one facet of the of the department map in which you can sort of mitigate that mm. waste, sort of reuse, recycle. Um, where do you see sustainability, and not necessarily the costume, but in also the the fashion world every day? Um, where do you see that heading? What or what would you like to see for it? Um, I do think like what you're saying, we're sort of at a tipping point at the moment, and realistically our our industry in particular I think has to change and it will change and we can either kind of get ahead of it or we can just respond in a hurry when it's too late um, so I feel like um yeah we do have to to make a change but what's the problem at the moment is that no one really knows how to make that change and because again the way our industry is built and structured relies a lot on you know short-term production companies short-term contracts short-term spaces that we're moving into um I think it really has to be a grassroots crew initiative which means that people need to start speaking up about what they see and where they could make changes and and people need to feel empowered to be able to do that and I do think that's happening and even um with us having a bit of time at the moment where where the industry's stood down um that is giving us a bit of thinking time to think about how we operate and how we could change, maybe make some changes. And I think the more people speak up and the more people uh, say, you know, we why don't we do this? We could do this and then take that onto another job. Um, the quicker, the quicker things will change. I mean, the fashion industry is is moving at a faster pace than we are because of because they have those structures in place and they can lobby specific companies to make changes that then they'll they'll implement quite quickly um so they're ahead of us but I do think our industry is going to have to catch up pretty quickly for sure I think it's um it's a it's a great start though I think it's it's mm. small steps but I'm hoping likewise I'm hoping that we get <laughs> to a point where we're, when it's not quite too late but it's mm. <laughs> but we're ahead of um ahead of it rather yeah. I guess it's easier when you're designing yourself how has that has that been a little bit easier? How has that differed when you're um, designing? Um, it's not necessarily easier because in some ways, um, when I was working with Jacqueline, we had a good balance because she'd say what she wants and then I'd try and achieve it <laughs> in the least impactful way. <laughs> and then uh, sometimes 
we'd succeed and sometimes we'd fail. There was a time when I tried to convince her that like mushroom was a really good fabric to use for some vegan sandals. Um, mushroom? <laughs> yeah, it didn't go well. Oh, wow. um, but, you know, so with with us having that kind of balance, it meant that I don't feel like, you know, Jacqueline was limited in any way. No, but she could say it was, no. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a good balance, but it almost with me because I'm on smaller jobs now and my teams are smaller, and also it's working with new teams. It's trying to sort of figure out um, figure out what you you know what you ask for in terms of with the producer. So when you're a new designer coming in, kind of you know you're trying to get your budget, trying to get a bigger budget, you're trying to get certain space. So you're asking for so many things, and then you throw in the fact that you want to be sustainable. But what's amazing is that um, the more um, I'm currently designing something in it's a three part TV series, but um, they, you know, the production company actually came to me and said, oh, you know, this is our mission statement and this is what we're doing in terms of sustainability and how can your department respond? Oh, and it wow. was like such a it was such a breath of fresh air to yeah. have to actually, you know, come to us and ask us to get on board rather than trying to do it the opposite way around. Yeah. And um, that for me was really inspiring because I thought, oh, you know what? Like having leadership there where people actually say, where producers come and say to you, you know, we are going to do whatever we can. And obviously there are, you know, everyone's thinking about the budget at the end of the day and money is is a big is a big thing. But the reality is you can save money and you can by wasting less and you can kind of look at things in a different way um, to make a difference but having just the conversations there is a is a big thing so having a producer come to me and say yeah this is what we want to do is just really really brilliant um, so I think that's that's a big thing but also trying to get people together so that you get a kind of infrastructure across the board so that different teams are all operating kind of singing from the same hymn sheet um, I think that's a big thing but yeah, it, it's not a big difference for me whether or not um, I'm assistant designing or designing. I think the same kind of same challenges are there. Uh, I was going to say, do you feel that um, have you ever been like, oh, I just have to I have to ha- let this one slide? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I've been on I've been on things where we started off with with huge ideas about what we can do. But again, as I said before, you just um you're always up against the clock and sometimes you just you know you just have to go with it and then say oh I'll fight that battle again but one thing I've pushed myself to do is that if I if I let something slide I kind of take note of it and then when I have a bit more time I'll either try and write to that production company and say look you know we didn't do this but actually if we had have done we could have made this kind of difference or even if it's just having to shop from a brand I've written to the brand afterwards and just said look I've bought from you but I really want to know you know what are your ethical policies and what are your principles and what are you going to do about it and um that sort of eases the guilt (laughs) (laughs) no but that's diligence and I think that's actually something I think so on an everyday level when we're buying things I think we are also bombarded by a lot of um sort of media talk and sometimes Mm. about um, being sustainable and the world is headed for disaster and we saw there is a sort of sense of guilt um, associated Mm. with that but also when you kind of think okay I need to buy a new dress or I've just Mm -hmm. seen this top I'm gonna buy it that sort of guilt fades a little bit I think and it's it's, it's, I think it's just a normal human reaction yeah all of us go through it I think it's um 
it's almost like a little bit of ignorance is bliss almost yeah. where oh, you just, yeah. Yeah, and it's like like you said about the Rana Plaza disaster that isn't at the forefront of your mind I think mm. um, so it's easy to kind of be like oh actually I, I, deserve, I, I deserve this dress or whatever <laughs> it is I, but I like you said I think the chasing up the company and or even just um making note of something mm-hmm. that actually okay, I bought something but I'm I'm gonna go and see and do research on what yeah. their policies are I think even if we were all willing on it just on a personal level to sort of implement mm-hmm. that kind of action in our day-to-day purchases and living I think it would make a massive difference because I always think it's really small steps in the if we all did a little bit I think it goes a long way. I think that's a, a massive thing. And like like you're saying, I always say, you know, no one can do everything, but everyone can do something. And sometimes people sort of are afraid to put their heads above the parapet because they can't, you know, they don't want to be accused of being a hypocrite in any sense. And and I just think, you know, we're all hypocrites <laughs> to some degree. And doing yeah. something is better than doing nothing. So you like within our industry, it's not going to be changed overnight and kind of feeling you know we can all feel guilty about what we're not doing but actually sort of sometimes we need to pat ourselves on the back for what we do do and and encourage and not kind of criticize yes you know, people who who say oh well, I want to be more sustainable and then you see them going into Zara or whatever it's like oh, well, yeah, yeah I think we fine have... it's just yeah, exactly it's fine it's tension is there and that's the main thing and actually if you can bring a bit of that to your job and it doesn't matter if you just achieve one thing, you've still achieved one more thing, you know, yeah. um, and collectively that can make a difference. And I, I really think within our department and within our industry, more and more people actually just saying, you know what, I want to work in an industry that's more sustainable and just kind of saying that out loud, whether or not you can actually achieve something every day, but just a you know aligning yourself with those principles means that actually you are making a difference and you can make a difference and that's something to be applauded rather than kind of sort of yeah put down I think I think people are very quick to to criticize and to kind of go oh well you know I saw you driving in here so you can't be that sustainable and it's like well you know well I, I think this is the error I think people are like um too we well, like I said too quick to judge and too quick mm. to sort of sh- shut someone down because that well not every single aspect of their life is ethical or sustainable yeah. but it, again it has to be a step-by-step step, like inc- mm. small incremental changes that make a difference because I think it's um easy to sort of say pass judgment but actually what are you yourself sort of doing it's easy to exactly. point fingers but I think we all need to take a little bit of a look at ourselves in that case <laughs> exactly and just be encouraged you know that that if you decide right I'm gonna you know bring my own cutlery to work like that's you know that's making a step and that's making a change and incrementally that will make a big difference so kind of just looking at your own personal situation and saying okay where do I have power like what what changes can I make that you know is my own decision making and that I can make a difference and they might seem very minimal and they might seem like you know you know drop in the ocean but at the same point I think if everyone did that we'd you know quickly see a difference yeah no it's completely completely the case I think it's um a really admirable task actually and I'm really excited and um glad that someone's taken it upon themselves as well because it's it's hard it's hard work and I can see you're clearly passionate about it and it's um a lot of effort and time that goes into what you're doing building up the directory that's what it is growing up in Ireland that's what it'll do to you (laughs) (laughs) I have to say though it's not just me it is um like the costume directory started off with it being the director itself but actually it's the kind of people that get behind it and that push for it and that use it that really um, yeah 
make a difference so that's great that's true um yeah I think that's the big I guess yeah you're right there in the sense that if people are using it, I think that's the that's a great mm-hmm. victory even if it's yeah. one person changes the way they look through it and they find actually one supplier or one person may artisan mm-hmm. making something and changing their habits I think that's a it's a victory yeah. a small victory I think um <laughs> I, I was going to ask about um how what's so what would you personally where do you see your sounds like a really silly question when I ask it like this but where what would you envisage yourself doing over the next um I guess a few next 10 years in terms of designing what kind of things would you like to work on if it was like an ideal world I guess if someone was just going to throw scripts at you (laughs) an ideal world um well uh, you know I love I love working on period pieces and at the moment I'm doing something that's 1930s and it's just lovely um so I think anything I just just working with interesting directors and interesting scripts is the aim really and um yeah so I I think I kind of haven't really thought too far down the line in a sense because it's nice when things come in to just kind of get inspired by something or to meet different people and to to hear what they're doing um so yeah I think more period films would be great um anyone out there making something once once Uh. right um but yeah also it's just nice to mix things up and not kind of get so I I worked as an assistant designer worked in film a lot and recently I've just as a designer I've been designing for tv and um it's a very it's a very different way of working and it's a very different kind of medium in a lot of ways but actually that's been really interesting how has it been different sorry it's just the pace is completely different um, and instead of designing and thinking about a film um, that's, you know, sort of two hours long and has a certain amount of characters, you're designing for something that's kind of hours, three or four hours, up to six or seven hours, depending on how long the series is. Um, and so you're building the kind of wardrobes and the characters out a lot more than you might have done in in a film. So it's just a different, it's a different thing to get your head around, really. Have you found that um, challenging, I guess, the switch, not the uh, switch is not the right term to use, but do you find one more enjoyable or do, you, do is it just something that you're happy to flip between? I'm, I mean, I'm happy to flip between. I think in some ways you get a lot more time and film to do things and probably a lot more resources. Like, you know, I certainly don't have a, a jewellery department <laughs> <laughs> at the moment. That's true. Um, <laughs> yeah so um there's yeah there's no costume props where I am um but you know that's you just you just learn to be resourceful and to just do things in a different way um so it would be nice to get back to that point again but um yeah it's just it's just different it's just a different way of working and I think that's a nice thing about our industry is you're kind of kept on your toes because each job is just completely different to the last yeah the change you can go from doing like you said a period drama to then doing sci-fi pretty quickly and Mm -hmm. it's changes your the way you think I guess also changes yeah um, actually how you, sorry go ahead no no just the way you think the way you work you kind of everything has to just kind of go out you're sort of obsessed with one time period one look one story for age you know for six months and then you have to completely flip and just start being obsessed by something else I think that I think that's one of the joys of working um in this industry you there's no one day that is same no two days are the same rather that's how the phrase goes isn't it no two days are the same (laughs) um so I coming to an end now but I was going to ask you for your 
either a film, TV or theatre show recommendations, if you've got any that you'd like to recommend. And your favourite, favourite things. Oh, I can never think of these things on, on the spot. I'm, I'm watching The Wire at the moment, which I never watched when it came out for the first time. That's on my list to watch as well, actually. <laughs> That's amazing because it's, I, I thought in my head The Wire only came out recently and then you watch it and like sort of getting their hands on mobile phones for the first time in 2003 and oh, wow. across texting and you're like, oh, God, this is like <laughs> practically a period TV series. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm watching at the moment. Um, and I'm trying to think of something particularly worthy that's like my favourite thing. I mean, you know, it's BFI player is great. Um, so I've been watching stuff on that and they have like The Leopard and some really beautiful films in there. Some like It Hot you can watch in there, which is always a great thing to watch. I don't know. I don't know when this is coming out, but considering we're in quarantine at the moment, um revisiting Marilyn Monroe films I find uh kind of quite soothing um so yeah that's all I can think of really I didn't realize BFI had a um like a, a service like that that's quite interesting yeah, there's like the Person Home Cinema which I think is brilliant as well but BFI have a BFI player um which has got loads of stuff on it it's really great oh I have to look into that um I've been watching Peaky Blinders recently mm-hmm. and um it's funny you mentioned about the mobile phone thing, mobile phone thing because mm. in the middle of that they'll be in the middle of a chase and they'll we need to get someone to get a gun or something. And I, in my head I'm just like, just get just get your phone up, just get your phone up, bring <laughs> someone. And I'm like, yeah, no, they didn't have it. Then. No, I know. It's, it's funny how it, yeah, it's funny how it's so ingrained. But you people still got things done. So yeah, they did. They still sorry. managed to beat up all those uh, all those people. Yeah, they still, yeah, still managed to do all the killing. So. Um, <laughs> Um, thank you Sinead it's been a really interesting and insightful conversation Um, thank you for having me thank you for tuning in and I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and learned a little bit more about the costume design process as well as Sinead's work in making the costume department more sustainable tune into the next episode where I'll be speaking with three friends about their roles on set thank you